Live from Orlando, Florida, you're now listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Orlando Magic fans. Join us every week for a unique fan perspective on all of the latest Magic news and updates. The show starts now. What's up, Magic fans? Welcome back to another episode of the Ozone Podcast brought to you by DraftKings and part of the Basketball Podcast Network. We're your hosts, Al, myself, Anthony. In today's episode, we are joined by Orlando Magic HQ writer, Luke Scotchy. What's up, Luke? Hello. How we doing, y'all? Man, we is doing good. Luke, you are um, right now living in the, the Boston area, so you're, you're down for spring break in Orlando. Um, man, how's Boston weather right now? It's a It's very cold. Very, very cold, especially compared to Florida. That's a huge, huge difference I've noticed coming back, too. Um, but... Now that spring is upon us, um, it's getting to the good kind of cold now, where it's not 11 degrees with the wind in your face. It's 30 <laughs> degrees with the wind in your face. Um, so, progress. Hey, you got you to gotta have the right type of skin for that. Al has that type of skin. He lived in, in that area. I'm born and raised in Orlando. My body does not do good. I was in Boston maybe, what was it, Al? Like three, four months ago? Yeah, four months ago. Some, some, Something like that. Yeah, in my body, yeah, it's, I had like nine layers on. So I got to say, I used to have that skin. Now it gets to 50 in Orlando, and I'm like, That's, what is going on? This is, and, this is not normal. You know, what's, what's, funny, what's funny about that is that I got, you know, a lot, a lot of people that live in Orlando, they're, they're from outside of Orlando. Example, out. And every single person that, that comes down here in the very beginning, they're like, ah, this ain't, this ain't cold. This ain't cold. And then eventually... You know, 45 degrees is kind of like, ooh. Oh, yeah. Then we start making excuses like, well, this is a different type of cold down here <laughs> than it is up there where 45 is too cold. Something along those lines. But, uh, Luke, we are definitely happy that you are joining us. Um, in today's episode, we're going to talk a little bit about how the how Sugg's ankle is affecting him, how the Magic are going to utilize him um, with the with the home stretch that we have going on. Um, how the Magic are going to end up ending the season because we got what maybe 14, 14 games 15. around there, fifteen games, fifteen games, um, and then we got some mailbag questions that we have uh, from our listeners. But before we get into that, uh, this week there was a there was a tweet that came out by Ben Steiner that brought up a pretty pretty interesting question debate statement. Um, Russell Westbrook has been a player that has been kind of. You know, we've heard his name a lot lately, and a lot of it has to do with, you know, how disgruntled and how much he's struggling with the Los Angeles Lakers. Really, it's not just him. The whole entire Lakers squad is struggling, let's be honest. But Ben Steiner went ahead and said, if you put Russell Westbrook on the Orlando Magic, the worst team in the NBA, in parentheses, of course, you got to add that, guarantee you they would make the playoffs. So, Luke, I'm going to send it to you first. What do you think? Do you think that that is accurate? If you were to put Russell Westbrook right now with the team that we have right now, and we're not tanking, mm-hmm. do we make the playoffs? Honestly, I think Ben might have forgotten how many guards we have. I don't know how you divvy up the minutes between um, between him, between Cole, between Fultz, between Suggs. Um, what do you do? Do you play him at center? Uh, is he better than Bamba at center? Debatable. Um, and I don't know. I feel like if they make the playoffs that's their ceiling 
I feel like Westbrook is the kind of guy who is a floor raiser and not much of a ceiling raiser. So if you're getting into the playoffs with Westbrook, with this team as constructed, with the plethora of guards that we have, and um, this won't be the only time that I bring up how many guards we have um, during this podcast. The absolute best, I think, is seventh or eighth seed playing. I don't see us being a playoff lock, I especially now. Um, especially with the team um, as constructed. I can see him fitting better than he fits the Lakers right now because we have slightly, ever so slightly better spacing than they do, although not that's not too high of a bar. But um, no, I don't think Westbrook is that big of a difference maker. In what about you, Al? What are you thinking? I don't think so, man. I think if you tell me Westbrook from three years ago, maybe four years ago for sure, Today's Westbrook, I don't think so, man. I mean, it's unfortunate what's happened to him, but we all knew, like, he was an athletic guard, right? He was never a shooter. So when age got to him and he could no longer get to the basket as easy or get past defenders as easily, he was going to struggle. And in a way, it reminds me a little bit of uh, Blake Griffin, right? Like, he was all over, above the rim all day long. He could hit a three here and there, but as his knee started falling him, he just couldn't become, he wasn't the same player anymore. So I think Westbrook... On this team, even if we had, you know, Markel out for the whole season, so that maybe that that helps the guard situation. I still don't think it would be enough. I think he the defense will collapse on him even more than maybe they do now, and he wouldn't be the same player. So if you ask me, put him in Orlando, put him wherever. The reality is, his best days are behind him. Um, I was I was part of the group that really wanted Russell Westbrook. In Orlando, like I, I wanted us to trade for him, not with the group that we have now, but when we had Nicola, when we had AG, Evan, like I felt like he was him and DeMar DeRozan were the type of players that were kind of like that missing offensive piece that we needed in order for us to kind of, you know, take it forward. But that wasn't what he asked. He asked this team now, worst team in the NBA, would Russell Westbrook take us? I don't think so. Yeah, he's not taking the Lakers to do that. And granted, you have LeBron that... You know, he demands the ball a lot more, but, you know, Russell's not even making himself fit. At the same time, I do think that Russell Westbrook is a type of player that really isn't made for, you know, the 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 lights of L.A. Isn't really for that big market team. I, I think that he needs a, a franchise like OKC, like the Orlando Magic, maybe a team like Portland that isn't all glitz and glamour. Maybe he would do better better then. I don't think that we would make the playoffs. Guaranteed, though, I think that, you know, play-in tournament would definitely be something that I can see Russell Westbrook lead a team like the Magic to. Now, you mentioned, Luke, that, you know, we we have a lot of guards. I it's, it's even hard to imagine, like, what you would have to give up just to make the contracts match for Westbrook. This dude's making so much money. So much money. That's an excellent point, too. Who would you give up? I mean, it would have to be Gary Harris before the trade deadline because a free agent now. Yeah, Gary Harris, Gary Terrence Harris, Ross, Terrence Ross. Just to just to make the money match up. Just to make the ma- the money work, it would have to be something like that. And I mean, we have that's it. There's not really any, anybody else making that kind of money in our team. Um, but then again, realistically, there's no way that we can get him unless we use cap space. Now that we're gonna have some cap space uh, over the summer, but again, that that is not realistically happening. I think the topic here is would he help us make the playoffs. Now, let me ask you guys this. He was in Washington last year. He played with Bradley Beal. 
how far do they go? So they made it to the play-in tournament, right? So imagine that with a superstar next to him and Bradley Beal, he still couldn't get it done to to get a lock in the playoffs. And that so, and that's a good that's a good point because the Wizards also wasn't you know it's not like they're a, a big market team either. I don't know if at least right now we have that Bradley Beal type, but that can at least take the load off of him because you mentioned earlier, Al. Um, the defense is absolutely going to collapse on on Westbrook because he uh, in Orlando because he's the at the very least most established player and the most dangerous player if you insert him in Orlando. Um, with Washington, there was a bit more or a bit less pressure on it because there was Beal, um, but Washington was a better fit for him in that core group than Orlando right now is. Um, and I will say. Uh, as, and and there's a lot of talk about where he's going to go next. As a diehard Magic fan, and as someone who lives in Boston, I hope he stays in LA. Watching the Lakers' downfall this season has been glorious. <laughs> and, and what's crazy is that LA really doesn't have a choice. Like the only other team that was willing to take on Russell Westbrook was the Houston Rockets. That was it. Like literally nobody else, and they said no. So, I mean, I, I feel bad for the guy because you can tell that, you know, he's you know, it's kind of hurting him a little bit. You know, in a, in a recent press conference, he talked about how he didn't want to bring his family to the games and things of that nature. So it's, I'm sure it's rough for him. Um, but nobody, not one fan, nobody is, is willing to accept Russell Westbrook on, on the Magic right now. And, you know, kind of back to the original you know, tweet from Ben Steiner. Why, why you got to call this out? Why you got to be the Orlando Magic? I get that we have you know, the worst record in the NBA, but you got Houston and Detroit that they're just as bad. And realistically, if you're, if you're taking a look at Orlando, Houston, Detroit, between the three, we're the better team. We have, we have the most talent, better players, better system. In my opinion, we just have the worst record for obvious reasons that we mentioned every single episode, (laughs) but it, it goes back to man, just from, from a media outlet perspective, this is another, you know, example of, you know, these media guys not respecting the Orlando Magic. Call yeah, not, we not only have the worst record, but we have the worst reputation. Um, talking to people up north, um, saying I'm a Magic fan, good forty five percent of the time, I'll get, oh, you have fans? No way. <laughs> I believe. I believe it. I believe it. It's it's easy to make fun of a team like Orlando as opposed to Houston or Detroit. Um, but Magic Twitter is loud enough to say uh, to say no. I, I believe it. And and just to kind of add to that point, then we'll kind of move on. Um, you know, the the Magic in our glory ninety days. You know, it's it's it was cool to wear Orlando Magic. It was cool to represent the Orlando Magic because not only did we have a team that was respected across the NBA, but everything about the Orlando Magic was was really big in 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 Hollywood. So you had a player like Shaquille O'Neal that was out making movies and and rapping and, and doing a whole bunch of things. And, you know, people really endorsed the Orlando Magic. They wore the jerseys. You had Tupac that was wearing a Shaquille O'Neal jersey. You had Jay-Z and Chris Tucker and all these guys. So, you know, eventually, you know, hopefully we kind of get back to that in order to do that. You know, the, the product on the floor has to definitely has to get a lot better. And hopefully, you know, we get we get a little luck because uh, damn it, we need it. 
but um kind of moving on to to the games man so the last four games um since our last episode went against toronto lost against memphis brutal brutal loss against memphis lost against phoenix and a win against new orleans really if you're taking a look at the last four games magic had a really good opportunity to win three out of the four uh, what are your thoughts on those games because now it's starting to see you know in comparison to pre all-star break you know the the magic have been have been playing a lot better um since that break luca i'll send it to you first yeah this is absolutely the best stretch in magic basketball all season um i look at that especially that win against toronto um when suggs showed that he was the better rookie and that i think is the um the Orlando Magic that I see going forward, as opposed to uh, the Magic we saw at Memphis. Um, I think it was seven or eight guys in that Raptors game, and it was double figures, and we'd even have Wendell. It was probably our most productive game of the season. Um, and that's, I think, a great, great sign, because it shows what to expect for next season when we have um uh guys like Fultz back for longer when we have fingers crossed isaac back when we have um let let's hope bowl bowl turns out to be something this is going to be a scary team going forward and i think these four games even though we lost against phoenix and new orleans and and, and memphis or, or we won against new orleans excuse me um, but these were a great, great four games, save for that Memphis one. Yeah, but. we we got a chance to be able to see Markel in a in a farther stretch. Um, obviously, there was uh, many restrictions for Markel, and then we also held Markel out. And I, I can't remember the exact terminology that they used, but you know, it's a, it was a it was a load management type of you're not playing. So, I mean, Al, I'll, I'll ask you, what, what are your thoughts on how the Magic are kind of going about, you know, keeping an eye on Marco? What's going on, Magic fans? Join the action on the court during the biggest tournament of the year with DraftKings Sportsbook. Turn your team's biggest victory into your own big win. New customers can bet just $5 on any team to win and get $250 in free bets if they do. It's that simple. If they win, you win. If Sportsbook is not available in your state yet, you can still join the College Hoops action with DraftKings Pools. Everyone can play free pools all March long for a shot at a share of over $250,000 in prices. Simply join a pool and answer questions like who will make it to the next round or who will make the most three-pointers and then just simply track your results. All you have to do is download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now, use promo code TBPN, bet $5 on any college hoops team to win, and get $200 in free bets if they do. If they win, you win with promo code TBPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook. 21 and over, restrictions apply. See show notes for details. So I think as as a fan, it, it's tough, right? Because we we want to see Markel play. We we go into games wanting to watch him. We went so long without watching him play that we want to see him on the court every game. But the reality is, 
again, we want to see him healthy next season. That's what really matters at this point. So I'm okay with him missing the second night of a, of a back-to-back. Uh, I'm okay with us watching his minutes. And don't forget, we are trying to lose at the end of the day. We are trying to tank. So um, although we fans want to watch him play and have him on the court as much as possible, let's take it easy. Let's make sure that he's healthy for next season. That's when things, it's really going to matter at the end of the day. Yeah, and I mean, listen, it's we we kind of talked about how you know would bringing back Mark Count John Jonathan Isaac, you know, kind of hurt our chances at getting a high lottery pick, and now we're kind of seeing the 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 benefits of Mark Hell. We're we're showing that we're a better team with him, and he's still kind of still trying to get reintegrated, you know, back onto the court. And, you know, you guys bring up a really good point. This is to make sure that we're set up good for next year. I don't need Markel Fultz to play every single game. I don't need him to play 30, 35 minutes a game. I'm okay with the fact that he's at the very least playing NBA basketball. And if that's for 15, 20 minutes, I'm good with it. If we're if he's missing every other game, I'm good with that also. Why? Because now we're at the point where the Magic currently hold the worst record in the league by a very small margin over Detroit and Houston, and there's only 15 games left. I'm okay. Now I'm on board with the tank for the last 15 games. I can't. I can't do the whole tank thing for you know the full 82, but 15 games left. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm good with that. I'm good with us putting ourselves in the best position to to get a high lottery pick, especially against. You know, Houston and, and Detroit, who I feel, you know, kind of upped us last year. And, and we want to make sure that we're in that position to be able to grab the player that we want to grab. So, you know, I'm 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 good with it. What about you, Luke? I'm very good with it. I, I think the only reason why Fultz is back to begin with is because the fans were clamoring Weltman for for updates all season. Um, am I thankful? Absolutely. But he's not necessarily what's right for us at the moment and you also don't want to give up too much of your strategy to opposing teams as to how you want to utilize markel um if i'm mosley i'm holding him in as as much as i can against teams that are contenders because we don't want them to exploit how how we're going to use markel next season and because we will use Markel heavily next season, um, you don't want to give too much of your strategy away. And there's so many layers to why, but like I'm, and, and, and it's frustrating. It's very, very frustrating um, because Markel is the difference maker between um, a well-hyped up game, as you said, Al, and uh, uh, I have work tomorrow morning type game. But it's a good thing going forward. Because yeah, and, at least you have flashes of what you can do. And it gives, and it's really, and honestly, another reason that he's out here to get him back accustomed to the game so he's ready for next year. Um, it's a great, great, great thing for him to even be out here, let alone playing as well as he is coming off, coming off of an incredibly scary injury, like, like an ACL tear. Yeah. And that's a good point because Al, you've even said it um, going to the games that you've already seen, you know, an, an energy difference from from the fan base when Markel is is in the game and, and since his return, right? 
Oh, yeah, without a doubt. You know, anything he does, whether it's an acrobatic finish, you know, a little uh, spin move, and he fools a defender, the crowd gets into it right away. The moment he checks into the game, he's getting the loud ovation still. Um, it's a different vibe, you know, and that's what Markel brings with him. He may not drop 30 points a night, but it's what he's doing on the court that goes unnoticed, you know, creating for others. That small little uh, going for rebounds as a point guard, all those little things make us such a much better team. Um, and you can see it, you know, he might play 20 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night, but he's, you know, plus nine in the game, plus eight, um, and producing at a high level. Uh, it's unfortunate, though, if you watch the games, he's getting his teammates these amazing looks, and they cannot knock down the open shots. Like, if they would, even layups, for that matter, they're blowing these days. If they would, he'll be averaging six, seven assists a night in just about 20 minutes a night. So it, that's what he does for us. He makes us a better team just all around. And it's good because the front office is able to see at least something to see what players fit great with Markel. Wendell Carter is a player that fits great with Markel. And we wouldn't have known that unless he he's on the floor and, and getting some, some burn. So um, I'm okay with Markel not starting a game this season. I'm okay with him still playing, you know, his, his 18 to 20 minutes a game. I'm okay with him missing games. I'm okay. 15 games left. Now with that said, you know, Jalen Suggs, you know, he's another player that he's missed a couple games due to that that, that uh, ankle sprain that he's been dealing with. Um, should the Magic be careful with how they use Jalen Suggs? Uh, absolutely. They should be very careful with him. Um, even in November when he had that, I think it was a thumb injury, I, I was getting worried for him. Um, and this isn't his first ankle sprain of this season, I don't think. And he, and he had a few injuries in college, too. I... Do worry. I'm not saying it's a glass can or anything, but um, I do worry about him. With Suggs, I think it's a bit more different than Fultz because I think Suggs needs to get out there more. But I think Mose knows Suggs' limits at least well enough to to bench him when necessary. Um, I think they're doing okay with Suggs right now. They're not overusing him. Um, and and that's a good thing too, because the way he plays, um, he, uh, the way the way he drives, the way he um, runs to stay on defenders, the way um, how quick and athletic he is, how much he uses his legs. That's an injury waiting to happen if you're not careful. And just by nature of his play style, if you're Orlando, if you're Mosley, you have to be careful with that. Yeah, and. And I've said it since, and we we got a a huge glimpse of it during the um uh, the the summer league. You know, Jalen Suggs is the type of player that uses his body, but I hate the way that he lands. I hate the way that he's always on the ground. Every time he gets hit, you know, and that's that might just be that that football that's inside of him. But every time that he's driving to the basket, he's looking for the contact. He's embracing it, and I I think at the same time. You know he's it, it. They need to they need to make sure that he's okay going into the off season, um, because this would definitely be a, a massive off season for a player that, you know, we're we're definitely expecting a lot of big things from going into year two. That's a great point. I I have a rosary on my desk just for Jalen Suggs when he falls. Oh, there you go. That's scary. <laughs> there you go. We need to get more people to do that. We do. Yeah, we we need luck and Jesus. All right, so um, now now granted, we mentioned fifteen games left. 
Magic played 12 out of their final 15 games at home to end the season. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you. Is this good or is this a bad thing for the Magic? When I mean is it good or bad, I mean getting us in the right position um, to be effective in this NBA draft lottery. It could be scary because, of course, there'll be less traveling. The team will be healthier. They'll be well-rested. They are playing at home. So, again, like we've seen this week, they might surprise some teams. You know, people expected us to lose last night just because – the Pelicans are fighting for a playoff spot. They're playing hard, and here we are. We upset them. We go up to Toronto. We, we we expect to lose that game in Toronto. All of a sudden, we play hard without Wendell Carter. We get we get that win. So the team is playing so well right now, and the biggest thing is we're healthy. For the first time all season, we're actually seeing our depth, which we haven't seen truly all season long. And that can be an issue for those that want us to lose games because, again, this team, it's not truly what the record says that we are. We truly are a much better team. We simply have dealt with a lot of injuries. We've held back some players just being careful, like Markel Fultz, but now they're playing. And now again, the issue might be that we may be too good at the wrong time of the year. So how do you solve that? I mean, we're seeing different things being utilized. We're seeing some crazy rotations, like we saw last night in New Orleans, uh, where the bench played the entire fourth quarter. Um, I fully expect us to use less and less of Terrence Ross, less and less of Gary Harris as we go along here. Um, and you might see some G-leaguers get out there a little more uh, when they are with the team. Um, so in a way, I think we're going to find a way to try to tank even more. Um, but again, if you play this team to its potential, it may not be a good thing, the fact that we are playing so many home games to end the season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, for what it's worth, I believe we have won only seven games at home. That number will for sure, with how many games we have at home next season, be up to 10. But we are better away than we are at home, if I'm not mistaken. And even if we have a hot start or a hot streak at home, I think what a lot of people forget is that the top three worst teams each have a 14% chance of getting the number one, number two, number three overall pick. So hypothetically... If Houston just goes ice cold and ends up worse than us, or Detroit gets worse than us, we're still not in a terrible spot. And we have the worst pick, so with 15 or the, or the worst pick with 15 games left. So we're already at an advantage there for the tank. We're going to be just fine for the tank. No yeah, we've, and we've already seen different strategies kind of put in place from the coaching staff to put us in a position to not necessarily give us the best chance of of winning. So I'm not. I'm not afraid about us, you know, kind of hurting those chances, especially at home. You can bring up a good point. We don't need to be the worst team in the NBA because that that doesn't matter. We share the same, you know, percentages. Um, but to kind of add to that also, I, I was kind of think, thinking about it the other day. Um, you know, the, the Orlando Magic have to be the happiest, worst place team I've ever seen in my life. The happiest, worst place. I'm talking about we have the worst record in the NBA. The players love each other. Coaches having a great time. Front office is happy. CEO is happy. The fan base is happy. Nobody's upset <laughs> that this team is is bad as we are. But there, there's there's reasons behind that. The reason why no one's upset, the reason why no one's losing their jobs is, one, because everyone just got their jobs 
especially with the extension from the front office. And two, everyone knows what's what's to come. What's to come is is what everyone's super excited about. Everyone has um, uh, we have a young nucleus that that people can kind of rally behind. And uh, I I think that you know with this stretch, no, no matter what ends up happening, because the most Orlando Magic thing to do would be to you know go on a winning streak. That would be the most Orlando Magic thing to do. Because somehow, as we've seen in the past, we've kind of you know messed up our our own tank in in one way or another. I don't foresee that happening because I do foresee this being the the last season that we talk about tanking. Like I, I see that after the season, it's like, all right, now it's time to turn the engine on and and slam on the gas pedal. Now is, you know, our, our goal is is to be in those meaningful games, whether that's playing, whether that's playoffs, something along those lines. So I, I don't I don't think that, you know, whether it's home or away, you know, I don't think that our, our tanking is, is going to mess up. Every Everyone's kind of on board with, you know, the 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 future, the path. Everyone kind of sees, you know, forward. And I think that at the very least, that's something that we can kind of hang our hat on. I agree. Yep. So now let's let's get into our mailbag. So this first question comes from Not Big Baller Freaky, which is an interesting name that's a that's a good name is that why you picked that is that why you picked that that one out you like how to do it name stood out to you how to do it (laughs) all right his question is assuming the magic get the first pick in the nba draft who do you think the magic are going to draft so luke i'm gonna send it to you a lot of different prospects we kind of already seen the 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 top four top five we know who they are we know who the top three are we know that a lot of the positions that we see they're you know, they're they're big men that kind of share the same position as Jonathan Isaac. So Magic at the number one pick. You're the general manager. You're making the decision. Who are you selecting? I'm taking Chet. And it's very, very, very close between Chet and Jabari. I just think Chet has so much potential to be the guy that Mo Bamba should have been. Um, the elite rim protector, the elite defender, the guy who even at his size is a very, very, very talented athlete and also has enough um, firepower offensively to affect the game there. Um, A guy who could also add to our incredible um, or our incredibly improving transition offense um, and even transition defense too. There's so much that this team needs that a guy like Chet Holmgren at a Gonzaga can just fill out perfectly. And I know there's concerns about his frame, but it's not like he's just um, pounding his way to the rim every game like Shaquille O'Neal. There's other ways that he affects the game offensively. He's excellent from beyond the arc. He's underrated from from mid-range. He's a very, very good player. And look at a guy like Evan Mobley. There are just as many concerns about his frame, too. And he probably will end up winning Rookie of the Year this this year. And I think Chet can be even better than that. If I'm Orlando, I'm picking Chet. And there's also the obvious of reuniting him with his high school buddy, Jalen. And that'll just be a joy for Magic fans. Um, and and Gonzaga fans, and honestly, the entire state of Minnesota too, they'll be watching Orlando more than the Timberwolves anyway. <laughs> and 
Although I don't want to discount Jabari Smith either. I see him as a guy who is excellent with faults, a guy who can make those, um, those threes, those layups, even, uh, and uh, no matter how, how the distance is, he's a great guy. Um, great guy for, for faults because as, as, as you mentioned earlier, Al, we've struggled with that a lot, getting, uh, capitalizing off of Fultz's looks. But again, I'm picking Chet just barely. I think if the Magic drafted Chet with the number one pick, I think people would riot. Like, I, I, I think that collectively, I think the, the fan base isn't fully sold on on Chet. I, I, I see it. I see it happening, though. I feel like Chet is a you know, a Wilhelm type of type of guy. And the fact that there is connections with Jalen Suggs, there's already some type of chemistry built there. Um, I think that the best thing that could happen for the Orlando Magic obviously is us getting the number one pick. But from from a from a fan base perspective, you can kind of look at it and see if they had the number one pick, it would be easier for us to be able to see the direction that they want to go. Because the the top players are so they're so different. They're not alike. You know, you you have a player like Chet that I agree that, you know, he he's a player that would have, in my opinion, a really, really high ceiling because you really there's so much untapped potential there that you really don't know how far he can really take it. At the same time, there's there's a lot of risk there. I think Jabari Smith might be the safer pick. There's a lot of questions, in my opinion, around around Paolo. And he was someone that, you know, I I definitely wanted for the magic. The whole sweat situation with Paolo is still like, I don't understand it. And the magic have so much going on with this guy's injury, that guy's injury conditioning from the other guy. Like I, I don't, I personally don't want to deal with that. I don't want to deal with because we don't know long-term how that, how it affect in, in, in great magic fashion. It, it would definitely impact us one way or another because you're playing more games. So I don't know. I'm off the Paolo completely. But I, I like the idea of Chet. Um, I hope that the Magic, because if, if the Magic went with Chet with the number one pick, then they definitely have a a direction. They 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 see something that no one else sees, which is what happened with Franz Wagner, right? Because we picked him in a place where nobody thought that he was going to land. A lot of it had to do with, I'm sure they're scouting. Uh, I'm sure that it had to do with their analytics machine that that they use and they have exclusivity against other NBA teams where, you know, they were able to get some stats that no one else has had. Obviously, it worked. So I'm sure that, you know, the Magic have a lot of tools in their arsenal to be able to make the right choice. And I, I think that we're at a point where, you know, we're confident enough to where we're confident in the front office that if they wanted to take that risk, no one can be really mad. What do you think, Al? It's tough. I think again, having the first pick might put us in a situation where, yeah, you, you have to make a decision on, on these three guys, really. But then you're forgetting Jaden Ivey, too. It's now really kind of leapfrogged into the top three, top four in this draft. Um, but if I was the general manager of the team, what I would do is I would take Jabari Smith with the first pick. And the reason being is, as you mentioned, Anthony, I think he's the most ready player and a guy that kind of fits the mold of multi-positional basketball. I, I really see him playing power forward. At his height, he could actually play the center position too at 6'10". 
and even small forward because he is very mo- mobile out there. So from a scoring standpoint, which this team I think needs the most at this moment, he's the best scorer, in my opinion, averaging 21.7 points in college right now, can play defense, can shoot the three ball. Physically, he's ready for the NBA right now. So I think he fits the mold of what we're doing better than any other prospect in the draft at this moment. But then again, as you mentioned, Luke, I wouldn't be mad if Chet is the guy. I wouldn't be mad if Paulo falls to us. I feel like as long as we end up top three, I'm going to be happy. Kind of the same way that I felt last year. If we ended top four, I was going to be happy. It still worked out. Top five, we ended up with Jalen Suggs. Um, I feel the same way. But if I, if I was the one making the decision, Jabari Smith is my guy. And it's it's going to be interesting to see that that decision and, and kind of the direction that they want to go. Now, let me ask you, let's say, because there, there's been a lot of communication and talks just, you know, collectively around the NBA community that, you know, this draft really isn't the best draft that, that we've seen. You're not really going to really get that, that super all-star that's going to change a franchise or whatever case may be. Um, is there an option? And this is a question coming from Joshua Richard 19 underscore where you asked, should the magic look to trade the lottery pick this year? Is that something that you look to do? Luke? I think it's an option. Uh, not off the table. It depends on how, how far the lottery pick is or how it falls. Um, I think if we get top three, I really don't think you can go wrong with either at the top three guy. I think you keep it there. Um, let them develop, um, especially if it's Chet, because because you can spend that next season developing him and then getting ready for 2023, which is supposed to be like the draft to end all drafts from what I'm hearing so far. Um, but you can also trade that for a um, uh, for an established star. It's not at the table at all. Um, and it could be something that we could look at going forward to, depending on what direction Weltman wants to go. What about you, Al? Would you trade it? It's in the table, man. We have already, what, 11, 12, 13 young guys in this roster right now. I think the only two over 30 right now is Terrence Ross and Robin Lopez, right? That's it. Everybody else is it's in that 26 and under. I think I've said this before in this podcast. If you get a call on draft day and say, hey, we're going to offer you X player who is a vet or, or becoming a vet and can make you better overnight and take this young guys under under his wing and make us a better team overnight, you really have to consider that. I mean, I know we are kind of enamored with the idea of adding another young piece and and getting all these young guys together. But as you said last week, Anthony, in the podcast, you did say that at some point we got to part ways with some people. Like we cannot keep a roster of 15 young players and hope to become, you know, a a young team that just makes it all of a sudden to the NBA finals filled with young guys. It's not going to happen. At some point you have to pay these these players and that's going to lead to making some tough decisions. So I'm all for drafting another young guy. I'm all for developing the young player and keep building what we're doing. But if a call comes in and a player's offered that again, can make you a better team overnight and fits what we're doing, and he's really bought into what we're doing, you have to consider it. Now, you you bring up, I'm glad that you added the last part, you know, someone that would really buy in because I know the player that you're thinking. You're hoping, and the only person that you would do it for is for Bradley Beal, and that's it. But who else would you do it for? Like, who really is 
out there that would fit with the group that wouldn't be too far out and again have that have that buy-in there's really not a whole you know a handful of of players that that would really that would really do that maybe a player like and i i I can't i don't i don't remember how cj mccullum how old he is um but you know if if he was and let me let me look it up but cj mccullum would be a player that you know comes to mind if you're looking for a veteran you see the pelicans and they're they're definitely playing a lot better but i mean who else would you consider or accept trading a a top pick in this draft for and don't forget bradley beal's about to get paid this summer right so he's not going anywhere i think he's gonna get signed that that max contract oh, he's, he's already be, said it he's already said it he's not he's not giving that money up to nobody so i think and that's a smart thing to do for him right so he's doing the right thing for himself but so for the Magic, do you, would you pay, you know, Bradley Beal the max money to come to Orlando when you know you have a bunch of young guys around him? I don't think that would be the smartest move. That's why I don't have a name to really, like, think of right now. But if Orlando gets that call unexpectedly, could it be, I don't know, Carl Anthony Towns? That's an example. Maybe he becomes upset about the fact, I don't know, they don't make a big playoff push and um, things don't go well in Minnesota. Do you pull the trigger in a trade like that? Um, heck, let's not go too far here. What about the Lakers? They're a mess. What if the Lakers say, hey, we'll give you Anthony Davis and give us, I wouldn't do it, but I'm saying that's the kind of thing, thing that may lead to a phone call that you have to entertain the offer. I'm not saying that again, Anthony Davis, I want nothing with him, but there might be calls that you're not expecting to happen that week of the draft. And if a name comes up that you say, wow, like, wait, let's, let's reassess what we're doing here. The pieces fit. It would make us better next season. You have to consider it. Um, but again, I'll be perfectly fine saying Jabari Smith, Chet, come to Orlando. Let's, let's, let's keep doing this. I'm okay with that. But if you have that chance, it's not every day you can land an all-star. We know that in Orlando, especially. Um, you have to consider it. I, I, I think the, the biggest thing to remember is um, we're, we're now getting to a point where we're kind of phasing out of a generation of of NBA stardom, James Harden, uh, Kevin Durant, LeBron James, you know, all these players are, they're getting older and we're at the point where we we really have this young farm of, of young studs that are, are in the process of developing and we're in a really good position looking down the line, you know, five, six years from now, once these players starts getting into their prime, eventually this NBA is going to transition into being Giannis, Luca, Ja. And you take a look at, you know, the their teams. Who does Luca have on his team that really pushes him? You know, Giannis is definitely definitely a, a different case because he's already won a championship. Um, but Ja Morant, we're seeing now Memphis is is playing really good basketball. But it's not like he has another Ja Morant on his team playing with him. It's not like you know, it's, it's a, another LeBron D Wade type of combo. Like this dude is elevating his team and they do have really good young players. I think that the magic are in a good position where, you know, they don't, they don't, yes, we need, we need to start winning games and we need to stop tanking, but how much fast forwarding do we really want to do to the team trading for, you know, a, a, a an all-star caliber player to, to come here and, and get us to the playoffs. Cause it's not about making the playoffs. It's about, you know, longevity, like being able to have a team that 
is respectable. They don't like using the word culture, but creating some type of winning environment that the Magic haven't had in, in a really, really long time. Because we can't even call making it to the playoffs for two seasons under Coach Cliff a winning environment because we didn't make it out of the first round. You know, for a lot of different reasons that we can, you know, sit here and talk about for, you know, hours on end. But uh, I, I think that the, the smart move would be to not trade, stay where you're at, see where you're at, and then, you know, eventually, you know, make the moves that you need to because, you know, there, there's way too many young guys and we do need some type of vet set are going to lead these guys forward. So don't make any trades. Keep it. And uh, hopefully we get some luck come our way now so we have paulo we have chet we have jabari all big men um too raw for you on instagram these names are crazy too raw for you on instagram asks, how do we feel about drafting Jaden ivy Jaden ivy is 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 a guard do the magic go a different direction and decide not to add another big man and to add another guard I am a massive fan of Jaden Ivey. He gives, and, and, and I see all the time, but he gives the way he plays major uh, John Morant vibes. He would be an excellent addition to any NBA team. I don't know if it's us. And it goes back to what I said about Westbrook and what you said just now. There are too many guards here. The only reason I think you take Ivy if you're Wellman and Hammond is if for some reason you can't get Chet Holmgren, Jabari Smith, or Paolo Bankira. That's it in my eyes. And even them, you can't even at least, or you, you have to at least entertain taking someone like A.J. Griffin from Duke, uh, Keegan Murray from Iowa, who um, his Iowa team just demolished a bunch of records earlier today against um, uh, Northwestern, I think it was. And like he's a type of guy that that scorer that guy who can feed off of faults that works so so well um you have to look at those guys too and i understand the notion and in many ways i believe in the notion of draft for best player available and with the top three off the board and you can argue that ivy is better than bank hero i would argue that ivy right now is better than bank hero but it's by a, a slim margin. But if you're Orlando, you see how many guards we have. Um, you see a lineup filled with Fultz, Cole Anthony, Jalen Suggs, Gary Harris, uh, if, if, if he's even still here um, for long-term, RJ Hampton even. You wonder where he's going to fit, how the minutes are going to um, work out. That's better well spent on a guy like AJ Griffin or Keegan Murray anyway, if you have to. What about you, Al? Do you take that risk? I mean, I went to his player comparison on NBADraft.net, and I saw a name there that, again, I liked a lot last year, Jalen Green. So I'm like, man, all of a sudden, I'm like, man, I'm interested. Um, the reality is, like Luke said, way too many guards. So the, if that happens, that means we probably dropped to the third or fourth pick of the draft. So now you have to make decisions. And he may be a guy that you love in the pre-draft uh, workouts, in the combine. So you want to go with this guy. If you do that, it's going to make the offseason even more interesting. So, yeah, we have a top pick. We have salary cap space, the Mobamba decision. But that will lead to some guards being traded. Um, there's no way, no way that you can draft him 
another top five guard and then say, hey, you're going to call off the bench. It's not going to happen. So you're going to probably keep Jalen Suggs, I'm guessing, if you like him enough. You're probably going to keep Jaden Ivey. So that leaves off RJ Hampton. What do you do with him? Cole Anthony, Markel Falls. And now it's going to lead to bigger decisions. Um, so that will be the only way that I draft him. Like You have to fall in love with this kid beyond anything else in this world and then say, okay, we're doing this because we have a trade lined up for this other guys uh, on draft day or before, whatever it may be. Um, love his game. Again, John Morant vibes 100%. You see him going to the basket. It's electric. He can score. Again, we, we need a guy like that that can put the ball in the basket. But the problem is we have three, four, five guards already that also are trying to develop into be, being that player. Um, I would love to see it. But again, I think there are better players, like Luke said, that may fit better. So I think the drafting best player available, I understand it. But at this point, with so many young guys, we also have to draft based on, on needs and what fits our roster. And unfortunately, that may not be him. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to add. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I want to add real fast. Um, this um, and and for anyone who st- who somehow does think that this guard problem isn't a problem, do you remember or when we drafted Suggs? The initial reaction was um, electric, Amway Center was um, roaring and cheering like I've never seen it before. But then, after the, the initial euphoria faded we were collectively like whoops how do we divide these minutes up and with drafting someone like Jaden Ivy or Shaden Sharp if he declares um if we follow the top three do you want to have to if if you're Mosey especially do you want to have to ask that question again but on an even greater scale too now that there are not now that we have more talented promising young guards that could be something then we have available spots i think that if the magic ended up drafting a guard we would easily be like the number one team on everyone's like trade radar like we gotta talk to orlando because they got an issue over there that we can probably fix and i think that there would be no way that we would go into the season without you know correcting something um transactionally um but uh how do you not how do you not you're the worst team in the nba how do you not draft best player available like the magic are not in a position to to draft for for fit and and it partly because there's so many unanswered questions you don't know if jonathan Isaac is is going to be healthy you don't know if rj hampton is is going to you know reach his his potential coy anthony jalen suggs the same you you really don't you really don't know you have certain players that you can really bet your money on. You can bet your money on Wendell Carter that he's going to be solid. You can bet your money, you know, on on Franz that he's going to be solid. Markel Fultz, you can bet your money on he's going to be solid if he stays healthy. But there's so there's still so many unanswered questions that it's really it's going to be really hard for the front office to to be able to you know really hit it on the head, and right? for them to be able to find a way. Uh, to make it all work, it's going to be interesting to see the moves that they make, who they draft, why they drafted this player, if they drafted this player. Now, who is that going to affect? Because we've talked, you know, Al and I, we, you and I, we've we've talked about it all the time. RJ Hampton seems like he's going to be that odd man out. 
there's a high probability that whoever ends up being drafted may not may not start next season. Who is going to take who's who's going to sit out? We already talked about the draft not being the best draft class. Still have strong players, but let's say that we draft one of the bigs. Are they are they are they starting over Jonathan Isaac? Is that happening? Is Wendell Carter not starting? Because we've seen Wendell play more the four than he did the five, and he played well. So what what do you what are you gonna do? I'm glad that I don't have to have those conversations. But what do you what do you do? So there there's they they gotta figure they gotta figure that out. I feel bad for Mosley. On that in, note, a, in a bad way because that's that's a good problem to have. It's a great problem to have. Go ahead. Luke. On that note of, and I just want to add real fast. On that note of. If you draft one of these bigs, how does Isaac fit in? I think this draft is going to determine where Jonathan Isaac um, fits in this team long term. And I think that will give us at least a better answer, at, or at the very least, a solid, um, a solid like insurance just in case um, Isaac doesn't work out. And I get if you're drafting top three, especially if you take a guy like Chet or Jabari. Um, that has that star potential you don't draft for insurance but like maybe they start maybe they do start over Isaac maybe Isaac isn't fully ready to start the season or maybe he and if he's been out for two years you have to consider maybe he's not going to be 100% Jonathan Isaac ever again maybe he's maybe and I'm not saying that we necessarily have to or anything but again there are questions that mostly mostly Weltman and Hammond have to ask, what do we do with them? What do we do with these guys? A lot of, a lot of questions to be answered. The great thing is we're not that far away to being able to find out 15 games left just in this week ahead. We got Minnesota, Philadelphia, Brooklyn, and Detroit. Um, and, and again, there's going to be a lot of home games. So that's going to be exciting. We'll see what ends up, what ends up happening with the magic um, because we're, we're already on the back end. And uh, right now, the Magic are sitting pretty with potentially getting a, a high you know, draft pick during the lottery. So we'll see what ends up happening. Luke, thank you so much for joining us on this episode. If you want to check out more of Luke, definitely go over to OrlandoMagicHQ.com. That he really breaks down the game really, really well for us. So, uh, Luke, I, I definitely appreciate you. He's pointing over on, on YouTube World for, for you to be able to see that website. <laughs> um, on that note, appreciate you guys for listening. It's a wrap for us. We'll catch you on next week. Thank you for listening to the Ozone Podcast, the voice of Magic fans. For all the latest Orlando Magic news and updates, follow us on Twitter at the Ozone Pod and on Instagram at Orlando Magic HQ. Remember to subscribe and leave a five star review on all your favorite podcast listening platforms. So, you've got an idea for a business, the store of your dreams. There's just one thing to figure out everything. That's why Shopify's all-in-one commerce platform makes it easy to sell online, in person, and everywhere else. Sell on social media, source products with an app to get that first sale feeling. It's the only solution that gives you everything you need to sell everywhere you want. So when you're ready to bring your idea to life, power it up with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash listen. 